0: You're listening to Door to the District from Glasgow City Innovation District. From space and quantum applications to cutting-edge financial and health technology, this series is all about the collaboration, entrepreneurship and world-class research housed here in the city and making an impact around the world each episode, we take a peek behind some of the many varied district doors, finding out how people work, innovate and grow. And this episode is all about the work in healthcare technology. We have a very vibrant community of companies and academics and, and uh, clinicians, in fact. About
1: those individuals and organisations who are teaming up to face big challenges. It's all about different types of partnerships, we can't do any of this alone. It's one of the reasons why I'm particularly excited to sign up for partnership with the University of Strathclyde.
0: And how partnerships can deliver on
2: truly bold visions. Because you just never know, you never know what's going to change the world. And that's the potential of working with a team and a cluster like this.
0: Thanks for joining us for the third episode of this series from the Glasgow City Innovation District. I'm your host, Katrina Shearer, and you join me again in the welcoming and state-of-the-art surroundings of the Technology and Innovation Centre in the city. Hopefully, like me, you're becoming familiar with the surroundings, as well as the incredible work taking place here. And this episode, I've returned to check in on another of the growing clusters housed here one that's also had a wide array of components and innovations and the ability to have a huge impact in all of our lives. The cluster in question is the Health Tech Cluster, a very dynamic and diversified field with a growing list of challenges and a thriving community ready to take them on.
3: I'm Trish Conley. I'm a biomedical engineer and a professor at the University of Strathclyde. I'm the director of the Strathclyde Institute of Medical Devices, And I'm also the CEO of a small medical company, Omedics Limited. So I have experience both in the academic arena and in the industrial, medical industrial arena
0: as well. Our first guest this episode is one of the leading academics within the district's health tech cluster, spearheading partnerships, research and the development of solutions. In fact, Glasgow is a home city for Professor Connolly, and after working abroad as a researcher and a technical director, her home city turned out to provide the ideal ingredients for an experienced biomedical engineer.
3: It seemed that Strathclyde had the mix of industry-facing ambitions and links and also the flexibility to allow me to, to develop the ideas that I had about taking things from the laboratory to the patient. I think a lot of good ideas never get further than the laboratory. And I was really interested in being able to build a portfolio slightly different from, you know, an industrial plan that would bring in different types of new technology, particularly for medical diagnostics and for wearables. And in fact, I've been able to do that very happily at Strathclyde and develop teaching and multidisciplinary research for the next generation as well and managed to set up a, an EPSRC centre for doctoral training for students in medical devices so that we produced um, 140 doctorates of, of engineering and medical devices, which I think has been a great contribution to the, the sector.
0: Those graduates and the wider community at the Health Tech Cluster are operating in a sector that's experiencing growth. Like many industries, technology is making a real difference and health tech is the largest employer within the broader field of life sciences in the UK, approaching an estimated turnover of close to £30 billion. That industry growth is mirrored here at the district and there are no prizes for guessing that the cluster has ambitions to not only grow but create sustainable and effective healthcare solutions. In
3: Glasgow City Innovation District, our our vision is to see companies spring up around the innovation district, working in the Glasgow economic zone and growing the Glasgow economy, and being close to the university like like that makes it easy for them to collaborate not just in, in this uh, technology and innovation centre or tick building as we call it, but across the campus. And therefore, we have a very vibrant community of companies and academics and and. Uh, clinicians in fact, exchanging ideas. The place at, at, at full, full on is um, a really vibrant community and it's, it's quite easy you know to bump into two or three colleagues from different disciplines during a day. and that, that stimulates you know the odd conversation and the, the feeling that you really are part of um, a university community. So it's been, you know, as I say, um, a great vision of our principal Sir Jim MacDonald and I think it's worked really well so well that we are embarking on a new project on High Street, which will be a bigger building than than the current tick and will house our our clusters, our industry-facing groups. So we're really looking forward to that and planning very hard
0: for it just now. Growth in the health tech sector and at the cluster means there's opportunity. A chance to nurture talent, conduct first-class research, and create new ways to help patients undergoing treatment. Creating practical and valuable solutions is, after all, the ultimate goal of health tech. But maybe we should back up a little and have a go at defining health tech. What actually is it? Who's it for? How important is the sector? And just how does it help patients and healthcare providers?
1: Yes, so defining the health tech sector is always a challenge in itself. The technical definition that we use is that it includes medical devices, diagnostics, and digital technologies. But actually, I think the simplest description that I've heard from one of my colleagues, actually, that I like to steal, is: think of a healthcare setting. Think of what you see on a TV show, say Holby City or Grey's Anatomy, whichever's your favourite. Take out all the biopharmaceuticals, so all the drugs that you'll see, all the people, and what you'll be left with is predominantly health tech. It's the wound dressings, the tests, the operating tables, the monitoring machines, assisted robots for surgical procedures. It does lose some of the detail in that sort of definition, but it really is sort of look at that clinical setting, take out the people and the drugs, and what you're left with is predominantly health tech. That's changing as things are going to the digital arena because you're starting to have more data and AI um, adapted uh, areas in that. Uh, But that's probably the easiest description.
0: Well, thanks to Eleanor Charlesley, Director of Public Affairs at the Association of British Health Tech Industries. We're off to a good start when it comes to defining exactly what health tech is her organization helps people live healthier lives by supporting the health tech community in fact those figures i mentioned earlier about the growth of the industry and its turnover come from their analysis and as she says health tech covers a huge array of items you'd come across in a healthcare setting but her next guest suggests it doesn't stop there that health tech goes beyond hospitals and doctor surgeries and can be found, well, just about anywhere.
2: So health technology stretches right from one end in the home where people are potentially monitoring themselves right through to complicated invasive therapies and treatments and diagnostic planning that might happen in hospital. And it's all of that. And what's interesting, I guess, that's happened recently is software is an increasingly important part of that that jigsaw, as it were. And and what, what we're using software really to do is to join together data from all of these different systems. Because one of the things we're understanding within healthcare is that the the ways that other organizations and other sectors have adopted data and analytics is still coming of age within healthcare delivery. What I mean by that is that that if you go to the supermarket and you use your loyalty card, supermarket knows all about you, knows your patterns, knows what you like, knows what you don't like by implication. We don't even have that tracking within healthcare. We can and should and are developing it now to make sure that when a patient interacts with a health and social care team, they get the right treatment right first time because the data is available about them and people are able to, to align the different pieces of information Information and bring them together at the point of care. Our
0: third guest today is Ken Sutherland. As Director of the Board, he's responsible for strategy and operations at Canon Medical Research Europe. And as the son of NHS doctors, he's also got a lot of insight into the lives of practitioners and patients. And that data he mentioned that puts patients' individual needs and medical history in the spotlight is one of the key components
2: of health tech. So for example, if you uh, arrive at hospital with, with chest pains, you, you might be having a heart attack, you might be having an attack of angina, you might be having indigestion, you might have any number of other complications. But if we have data about, say, your mobility, or we have data about even your eating habits, or we have data about, say, your blood pressure, we might know what you're most at risk of having, which will allow the clinical expert to do the most relevant diagnostic test and get you the right treatment as rapidly as possible based on that increased information. So it's about bringing all of that data to the doctor, the clinical care team, at the point at which they need to make a decision about your treatment as a patient. And I think that's the opportunity that we get a combination of modern devices, some of which, as I say, are wearable, some of which are completely passive. They can monitor you even when you don't know you're being monitored. And then we've got software analytics and data sciences that can pull that data together and make sense of it to make sure you get the right treatment right first time.
0: Creating solutions to serve patients might not be the first or even the second thing you think of in relation to Canon, a firm famous for its cameras and copiers. But as Ken told me, Canon have been operating in Scotland for decades and their healthcare activities actually have their roots here.
2: So in Scotland, the part of the business that is now Canon Medical was actually a start-up over 25 years ago now by a couple of guys who came out of the University of Edinburgh, actually in informatics. And they grew the company from two or three people to what it is now 140 people and now part of a major multinational the core thread throughout that has been innovation. It's been the ability for us to work with creative people within our organisation, but also to form creative partnerships with academics and experts who are outside our company. So we've been able to innovate consistently over that time. And actually as a group in Edinburgh, we've now got over a hundred patents that are registered now for the company as part of our healthcare innovation, mainly across the idea originally in terms of data visualisation, but much more now into this imaging and data interpretation as the next area of expertise. Canon as a group has a a strong history and a strong level of focus on innovation.
0: Canon Medical, with a base in Glasgow City, is a world leader in healthcare imaging and data analysis. It's also a prominent case study when it comes to innovation as part of the wider organisation. Canon's in the top three when it comes to companies with successful patent applications, creating more US patents than companies like Apple, Google and Tesla. And Ken would be the first to admit that their accomplishments when it comes to innovations are built upon their commitment to collaboration. A commitment shared by the leaders at Glasgow City Innovation District, as our regular listeners will know, of course. So when it comes to health tech, the district and collaboration, you'll find it takes a very special form. And it comes with a special name, the Triple Helix.
3: It's when you bind together sources of money or or government influence, industry and academia and you get, because you've brought all the right sources together, a great output. And when we talk about the triple helix in our work in health tech, we're talking about this binding together of academia and industry, but the other part, which is essential, the medical sector, and that for us is NHS in the UK. So we have created an interface here in health tech that we call our triple helix, and it involves industry and NHS So, for example, we have a partnership with the Association of British Health Tech Industries, and that brings in large and small companies throughout the UK who are members of this very well-known trade association that has uh, the ear of government to speak to government on behalf of, of the industry. And we work with them in the Glasgow City Innovation District for events and for Conferences, for example, we'll be working to bring in some investment events, etc. And we can bring their companies here to to help them. ABHI, in turn, also have a lot of international type influence on things like accelerators, where companies can take their products to new markets. And, for example, ABHI runs uh, an accelerator in Texas linked to the Dell Medical School. So that's a great partnership for us and, and one that we're really enjoying. On the NHS side, um, the university and my colleague, Professor Roman Maguire, has brought into our sphere framework agreements with the NHS. And so we now are partnered formally with NHS Lanarkshire and with NHS Golden Jubilee Hospital, so much so that we have given these hospitals a university hospital status.
0: As Trish mentions, the collaboration at the district benefits from the input from ABHI, the Association of British Health Tech Industries. That partnership, which enables all of the spokes in the Triple Helix, means a great deal to the association as well.
1: So it's been fantastic to work with Trish and the team on building this out. We signed an MOU uh, towards the end of last year that agreed to work on three areas. That's the ABHI and our members working um, with the University of Strathclyde and the health tech cluster. So those three areas were health tech research. So really looking at that innovation aspect, developing those products, harnessing that innovation to make sure that innovation is relevant. um, It can be driven forward. And we really make the most of those um, ideas that are coming forward. The second area is internationalisation. So how we can work with University of Strathclyde um, in terms of making sure there's that inbound attraction from global partners, but also how we're helping um, export that expertise as well. And we're already starting to see ideas come from how we can make the most in that area. So the final one is investment in health tech. It's a challenge that small companies have always faced because of the level of the regulation, because of the complexity of the market and also the level of adoption and how much pace there potentially can be. It is all and has always been seen as a high risk sector. So it's what can we do in terms of educating the partners and educating the investors to understand where the risks are, how we can overcome them, working together as a system to make sure that the right people understand the right aspects of this and really understand the opportunity because that's what's really exciting in this space is where that could go.
0: Ken also thinks that the partnership at the district is exciting not only for Canon but for the industry as well. In fact he sees a catalogue of benefits,
2: all of them nurtured by collaboration. You know, there are real practical problems in getting new innovation into the NHS and engaging directly with the NHS as part of that discovery process is incredibly useful. So that's the first benefit. The second benefit is by working in the triple helix, we start to merge together. You get a real sense of team. We're involved in a number of different projects like this where it's almost like people leave their company badge at the door or their organizational loyalty at the door. And then within the team, they work as a very effective cross-functional, cross-organizational creative team Willing just to solve problems, regardless of whether that's my fault or whether that's my responsibility, it's the team's responsibility to solve that problem or it's a team challenge. And the triple helix model creates that or certainly my experience is we can create that sense of spirit, team spirit, uh, esprit de corps, call it what you will, that allows us to solve in some cases almost impossible challenges.
0: When it comes to solving problems like identifying the right treatment for the right patient, as Ken mentioned earlier in the show, or tackling the growing waiting lists for treatment at doctor surgeries and at hospitals, a spirit of collaboration is certainly needed. It also helps when it comes to the challenges of regulation. All industries have to operate within a framework that establishes guardrails and offers oversight. And of course, when it comes to health care and the safety of patients, regulation is rightly paramount.
3: Today, there are really high regulatory barriers to be overcome and, and some difficulty throughout Europe, the UK and elsewhere in getting through these regulatory barriers and, and the amount of time that, that that takes. So it's costly also. So for, for somebody starting out on that, they have to find funding to keep their product development going, but also to keep their regulatory filings going as as they're known. I think when you get to the stage where you've finished your product and and you've got your regulatory clearance, it can be very difficult to get uptake in the UK. Uh, I think the NHS are great at working with the academic centres and the academics in product development, if you like, in early research and in, in pilot studies. We've, we've had great pilot studies here in the UK. But the complex environment of the NHS means it's very difficult to deploy something uniformly. Differences in procurement between hospitals or different boards, etc. Everything becomes a separate little micro environment that a company has to get into. So, in fact, companies often find that it's easier to get large uptake of new technologies and innovations abroad, sadly. And um, that's the story of many, many UK companies' success, that they managed to do work here, then transfer um, abroad and come back sometimes to the NHS, but but sometimes not. There are some great systems that have never been bought and deployed in, in the UK.
0: When it comes to navigating the regulatory environment and facing all the other industry challenges, there is one ace in the district sleeve though. The breadth of industry, academic and frontline healthcare knowledge there is a powerful intervention. Combining learnings from academics and researchers, from practitioners and industry experts, the health tech cluster can write a prescription if you like. One that's used to tackle the unique set of challenges that the sector faces and one that Eleanor sees as very effective when it comes to regulation
1: regulation is always front of mind in our sector but particularly so at the minute and there has never been more change that we all need to help each other through in terms of understanding we are all facing these significant challenges there are a huge amount of uncertainty at the minute um, there is increasing demand for regulatory skills uh, the future of regulatory science is uh, all being discussed at the minute and how this all interacts with innovation and at the end of the day regulation needs to be there for the safety perspective but we also don't want to limit the innovation that can be there and as i said that element in terms of investors we need to work to make sure that investors community has sight of this as well, so they can feel they have more certainty about what may happen. So to have the opportunity to work with thought leaders at the University of Strathclyde and the health tech cluster to be able to do that, um, it really is it's incredibly exciting, but it's also going to be really fundamental to getting this right.
0: Sharing knowledge is a cornerstone of the district's ethos, a template that's used across all of the varying clusters. And of course, as it's a centre of learning, those clusters are supported by teaching. From undergraduate through doctoral training and even work-based learning, all of the clusters offer a pathway to expertise. And health tech is no different.
3: We're a leading international technological university and our courses reflect that. And our students are very well thought of by, by local industry and are, you know, are, are recruited very quickly, usually as as they leave with these types of, of health tech degrees. They are a product that we know that the industry likes. At the same time, we can also offer top-up courses to to industry. There's an NHS leadership course, for example, so people can come to us for teaching. And we have launched a doctorates at work, where, in fact, you can be in a company, locally or elsewhere, and do your um, PhD or a one-year Master's of Philosophy degree in research in your place of work, and have us supervising and guiding that that's the the, the teaching side of it in research we, we partner with um, a lot of companies directly so we would have one-on-one projects we would also partner with those companies to seek government money there, there are, there's quite a lot of funding in the united kingdom uh, for example innovate uk where companies are encouraged to work with universities to solve problems so a company has its research We have something different that's going to bring the product on and we can join together and apply for for joint funding. So that's a way for companies to really leverage quite a lot of investment from from government into into their projects and and products. And that carries on into knowledge exchange because some of what we're doing is basic research. But the innovate type projects tend to be towards what we would call knowledge exchange, where the things that we're learning as a university are shared with companies to keep them up to date and to allow them to really um, maximise what, what, what they can do.
0: Combining all of these aspects, the district's vibrant community and its collaboration, the triple helix approach and knowledge sharing, the health tech cluster is, if you'll excuse the pun, in rude health. While of course that's great for local businesses and the economy in Scotland and even the UK, it's also great for patients. Creating innovation that results in better health outcomes at a pace that really makes a difference.
1: Innovation in health takes everywhere. Um, It's one of the things that sort of differentiates us from the pharmaceutical industry in the sense that a drug can take 15 to 20 years to iterate. But with technology, if you've got an AI-enabled device, it's iterating every time and that algorithm's updated. So it really is around that continual um, improvement in the same way that your iPhone iterates with every update that it receives there. So some of the big innovations we're seeing is about bringing that data aspect closer to the patient or citizen itself. Take diabetes, type 1 diabetes, for instance. The real uh, innovation that we're seeing here is linking the blood glucose uh, monitor results that traditionally were taken um, from a finger prick test. Taking what used to be uh, an injection of insulin that's now into um, commonly into an insulin pump device. Both of those devices have radically innovated into much more light touch for the patient themselves. But then it's about linking those two devices together. So linking that through to potentially an app on someone's phone and that data aspect so that it constantly feeds into each other. Um, And it really is that sort of closed loop system. So bringing the traditional devices, if I can use that term, closer to these other areas of innovation. And it's really having a huge impact in terms of what that means for the patient themselves and being able to live their lives, but also for the clinicians in terms of how much monitoring they can do from a distance as well. So if you're talking about how often you need to go in to see your clinician, if they've got the aspect of being able to see this real time, it really does change the game in that sense.
0: Game changing could also be a way to describe the district and game changing solutions are definitely on the horizon. Nurturing a healthy, innovative community at the district to create a healthier society might sound like a bold claim, but for many working at the district now and for years to come, it's actually an exciting prospect.
2: We've barely scratched the surface of what we can do. You can imagine so many different things about how effective it is. Let me tell you a little story. Recently, my my mother was unwell and I, I had to take her into hospital. And she needed to see a consultant, and then she had a diagnostic test, then she needed to see the consultant again, then she needed to see a surgeon, then she was admitted, then she saw the consultant again, then she came home, and she had a support package in place when she came home. and. I was with her for on most of these visits or myself and my brother went to most of these hospital visits with her and interacted with her and supported with her on that. But throughout that process, I felt like she was the ball in the pinball machine being bounced around within the system. The system today is designed as a monolithic system, essentially. It's, it's a, it's great, but it's quite established and it's quite set in its ways, the way it works. The potential here is to disrupt that. Technology will disrupt that. It will inevitably disrupt that. In the way that our lives have been disrupted and improved dramatically in other ways, that is just starting within healthcare. My vision for the future would be that we all get the right treatment right first time, closer to our home with less disruptive, less travel, less impact to the environment if we're cared for more locally, more effectively. So there's a whole pile of different things that are incredibly exciting about the future for me. And it's not just here in Scotland or here in the UK or here in Europe. It's around the world. The healthcare challenge is never ending. We want to treat people as well as we can. We can and we will dramatically improve things, even in my lifetime.
0: Next time on Door to the District.
2: Again, an indicator of the success is that all the kind of main co-working spaces within the district are all full. In some ways, that that actually creates a problem or an opportunity. Um, for us, we look at it as an opportunity.
0: And I think when you've got those different elements of character and qualities across all the members of the city. It naturally allows business start to become a kind of natural thing that happens. And there's absolutely no question that the wealth of academic presence in the city absolutely helps that. So you see lots of fantastic start-ups coming out of the
1: universities. We had an international company relocate into the Highlands. They created offices, they've created good work. They've now opened another office, I think in Glasgow, which has proven success. And we now have a solution that has been adopted, has been scaled and is now ready for export to other international markets that we find benefit from.
0: That's it for this episode. Thank you to our guests, Eleanor Charlesley, Professor Trish Conley and Dr Ken Sutherland. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.